Welcome back, everybody, to Two Opinions and a Cloud. This is Max Fritz here. And Stacy Deerstroll. And Drew Madelung. All right. So we are still here at SharePoint Fest 2018 Chicago on December 7th. Uh, we've got a wonderful group of people eating breakfast. It's 8.30 in the morning. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we are having a rousing conversation, just a rousing conversation. If you listen to our last podcast, continued from there, we can't stop about the new office icons. That's right. We got a new opinion with us, which but, is Drew. But hold on, you know, I gotta let everybody know. Drew, you're a hometown boy, right? Pretty close, yeah. yeah. So from Wisconsin, but working down in here in Chicago all the time, so down here a lot. So yes, hometown compared to, compared to you guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. What? I'm. Minnesota. Yeah, that's far. Oh, that's far. That's far. I'm, I'm Ohio. Yeah, you betcha. I'm further. <laughs> but I drove five hours to come see you wonderful people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't even know what he's going to do with that, but it's not going to be good. It'll cost you five dollars, Daniel. <laughs> All right, office icons, they made new ones. There's right. like I don't know, 10 of them. No, so, there's more than 10. Well, where are you finding the rest of these Did ones? Have you not seen the full list? So there's an Where actual, is it? Um, uh, it was on a blog. There was a link, and it showed all of them. So it's a list about this long, all of the icons that were literally on the page of the users group. And I, we were just talking about, he goes, oh, there's only two S's. I'm like, Sway, Skype, SharePoint, Stream, and there's another one. I believe there are five S's all together. But there's a huge list. What got, when, I, when I saw that, now that I, once I realized that the green S was the SharePoint S, is, is that going to change anything in Office 365? Is it going to change the uh, the word in the waffle? Is that waffle link going to change yes, from they blue us, to green? They showed a screenshot of that, actually, in the YouTube video announcing the new icons. But yes, there was a video. It's very eccentric. It, it's like, it's uh, like yeah. new icons. But so, <laughs> but, but SharePoint has been blue for, for 15 years, right? It's never it's not, not been blue. So, so longer that, than 15 then. 16, 17. It, it's getting up there. SharePoint's been blue for a very long time. It's always been blue. So right. the fact that it goes green, I think, is more of the shift. Everything else stayed the same. Everything else was similar. Everything else was what it's been before. And Color-wise. Color-wise, yes. Everything, they had depth and they had fluent design. But it's not, not been blue. So I think that's the one that I'm curious from a marketing perspective and from a Office 365 perspective. Are we going to start to see different themes? Are we going to see a d different colors on the landing page, different well, uh, designs on, uh, on premises going forward? So on-prem on prem is not getting the new logo, according nope. to Tiber. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, Jeff Tiber, father gonna... or grandfather of SharePoint, depending on what we're talking uh, has clarified the on-prem logo is staying the same, which, I mean, makes sense, but yet yeah, is confusing. Um, and if you think about it, that SharePoint blue has already disappeared from modern SharePoint. Modern SharePoint just uses random colors anyways. But the, but the standard Office theme is blue. Yeah. The, the sweet bar, even the sweet bar in Office 365 is that SharePoint blue. Yeah. yeah. Here's it's my, the Office blue, I should say. Yeah. It's, it's an Office color, it's an Office theme versus a SharePoint theme. Here's my opinion about the whole, you know, the icons being different from one to the other. What about people who are in hybrid? So the icons are different. And so if you're a hybrid solution and they have the blue icon in one and the green in the other, are they going to correlate those two? No. 
Great answer. <laughs> no, they will not correlate then. No. All right, no. I've done every Googling I can. I refuse to believe that there are more than the 10 icons. There are more than 10. All right, you're going to have to I will send. I will I'll send it to you. All right. So Max mentioned that there's a video on the icons. If you've not went out to YouTube and watched the video on the icon, icons, do so, but don't just stop there. Please go, don't. Go read some of the comments that have been submitted. The it YouTube be... comments have not failed us this time. Yeah. They are standard YouTube comments about new office icons. And yes, there's the angry ones, but yes, there are the ones that are coming from like 17 degrees field. It is like... So we have happy trolls and sad trolls. Oh, and yes. all oh yeah. We've got yeah. the best YouTube stuff ever. I was on the floor laughing at some of this. He's, he's sending me some. I'm like, no, uh-uh. So I'm going out there. I'm like, oh, yes, they did say that. They did, they did. I, I don't mean this is offensive to anybody who's religious here because uh, uh, to each their own, I am myself, but uh, somebody commented on there and said, new office icons, we have a video for this, how far away from Jesus have we gotten? And I'm like, <laughs> how is that part of this discussion? <laughs> but I mean, they I, went I there. there's pros and cons to this, but really? Yeah, so uh, yeah, they just, uh, they, they go from there. So, Drew, what else you got going on here? Uh, so. Here, uh, I've been talking recently a lot about OneDrive, uh, a lot about that's kind of the space I've been been living in uh, and kind of promoting. So I've been working with a lot of different clients, working with a lot of different companies on OneDrive, and working with Microsoft a lot and kind of their strategy and vision and kind of where they're going, uh, and been kind of living and breathing in that world. So um, what are some of the new features and functionality that you're really digging in the OneDrive? The, uh, so the biggest thing that I've talked about yesterday too is uh, is known folder move is the ability the combination of known folder move along with files on demand together uh, is kind of changing the game from an IT pro perspective that what people did before was uh, really keep their con people would keep their contents in their directories or they keep it in their documents library or their personal documents on their desktop or their on their workstation and their desktop folder would be on their workstation and IT wouldn't have any control of that uh, what known folder and some companies would use folder redirection, which would redirect that folder back to let's say a network share that, that could be managed, right. uh, or someone's OneDrive. But that was less common. Uh, Microsoft realized that, and not just Microsoft, but everyone realized that that was a giant hole in protection of your content. Mm -hmm. That if you brought your content into OneDrive somehow, it's secured. You can add, use things like data loss prevention. You can use things like MFA, like you guys referred to before. Like it just secures your content. And what known folder move does is actually allows you to sync your content into OneDrive without, without you knowing. It yeah. takes your documents folder, your uh, pictures folder, and your desktop directly into OneDrive, and the user doesn't even know if they don't want to. They right. could do it by themselves, or the admins could control it, but you get your files into the cloud, and it will move them, which is the big difference from redirection. It will actually move your files into the cloud, while redirection will just point your folder. So huge advantage yeah. to get workstations out. But from my end user's perspective, they don't need to know. It's still on their desktop. Right. Visually, the files are still on their desktop. If they're a desktop hoarder, it works, which is really interesting from the modern uh, desktop scenario within this whole modern workplace of if I've got two computers linked with my Azure AD profile, I'm going to have the same content in each desktop. The, that, so yeah. 
the right. way that one the OneDrive team has taken this, and, and I think that's been an interesting thing I've seen in the past few years, is that it's not a Office 365 initiative. It's a Microsoft 365 initiative that they're we're working so much more with the Windows team than we are the actual like Office 365 team because mm -hmm. we're working towards the uh, the integration of the kernel and the integration of files on demand and with files on demand on Mac now like you're working on the device specific aspects and the big one they want or that big one that we want is is autopilot right it's yes. it's the ability to have a user get a brand new machine never have anyone touch it log in and everything syncs Right, and it doesn't, like, you, from your workstation perspective, from a desktop perspective, you log in, it's there. And, and autopilot at first focused a lot on applications and configuration, right. and now we've got content as well through yep. OneDrive. Yeah, and one thing that I really like, because now finally, like people say, oh, I work, you know, I can work mobile all the time, anywhere, all that kind of stuff, but I don't think we've ever really been there until now because of this functionality. Because I can work on the plane, I can work, I can work anywhere. But it's wherever I log in, I have all the same information. The last thing I updated, so now I truly feel like I can work remote and still have all my stuff anywhere. And not even just remote, it's recovery. Yeah, right? So I, I had a legit. This was one hundred percent story. I was as a consultant, I was at a client, and I was in a room and a client, and it wasn't me, I can't say it, but say he spilled coffee over my entire laptop, just covered it with flaming hot coffee and myself. But the laptop took the brunt of it, and uh, I thought I could save it. It definitely couldn't be saved. It, it was dead, gone. So, <laughs> so much on fire of coffee. Uh, but I ended up, I grabbed a different laptop, I, an older one, unfortunately, but I got a different laptop, logged in, everything, I lost zero. I was literally in the middle of the PowerPoint, I lost nothing because Everything I had, my desktop was synced to the cloud. All of my files were in the cloud. I had, I had nothing on my machine, so it didn't matter. All right. I had to do was reinstall applications, and that was it. I'm curious here. This is an honest poll of the audience. Who here is using content out of their actual documents or downloads folder? I use downloads. I use downloads. I, I, I know you guys are. There's got to be a few like Excel files <laughs> or CSVs. You put, you download it, and you're just using it out of your downloads folder because you're lazy. I am. Downloads, I'll admit it. Downloads is dangerous. Not. Yeah. But yeah, with OneDrive integration, who cares, right? Yeah. The, like the one, the one thing that they we do we have to manage right now is there's three different folders that sometimes pop up. Uh, big one is favorites. Yeah. Uh, so depending on the Windows environment that you're in, uh, you would potentially have to use redirection for favorites or something like that, and then music and uh, photos. Now favorites can be taken care of by um, what's it called the uh, Azure AD feature. Um, the sync. The, yeah. the Azure sync. Yes. Yeah, so. Azure AD, uh, if you have the proper licensing yes. um, with Azure AD Premium V1, it will um, sync your favorites in common Windows settings. Yes, and that's, that's a perfect example, and something I'll be talking about later today is just that management of OneDrive and like what you need to be, really know mm -hmm. is that yes, known folder move does a lot, but there, if you have the requirements or you really want to, to manage favorites, you do have to do something else. Right? I, if you want to do something else, there is more, and, and that's kind of with the, what you see with a lot of Microsoft things, it gets you 90% of the way there, and there's probably the potential to manage it, but you're gonna have to do something with PowerShell, or have to do something in Azure AD, and, yeah. and have to put on an IT Pro hat and do something IT Pro related to right. make it work. I kind of think of Microsoft 365 as a puzzle, with every little feature as a puzzle piece, and uh, <laughs> dibs on this blog. Um, <laughs> see, those would've been cool icons, puzzle pieces, right? <laughs> Where. You know, if you decide that I'm just going with the Office 365 piece, you're missing a lot of other puzzle pieces, which is fine. 
But if you try to shove the Office 365 puzzle piece into the wrong space, if you just try to shove OneDrive known folder move into syncing your favorites, you're going to have to do a little cutting and manual work to make that puzzle piece fit. So I should never work on a puzzle with you then, right? No, you're just you saying should you're definitely not work on a puzzle with me. So, Max, a good question on that is, are you seeing more than in the work that you're doing with device management, like in Intune management, than you had a year ago? Absolutely more. Oh, yeah. Um, I am seeing, I, I work a lot in the modern desktop and modern identity spaces, and I am seeing um, Intune co-management and even Intune solo management pop up for Windows devices a lot more because it allows for seamless sign-on experiences and it allows for us to start using some of these policies where we can actually provide a better experience to the end users. Am I seeing companies that are using Intune on their own? Like maybe one or two. Um, I think I had one gentleman in my audience in a session earlier today who's fully Microsoft 365, not even AD on-prem. Um, That's amazing. Right? Wow. Uh, and you know, some smaller organizations can do it. Mm -hmm. um, Stacy, I think you guys are doing that. Yep. Um, That's but, awesome. Uh, you know, this hybrid scenario with our devices is, is starting to make sense to me. It, it's starting to actually provide business value. I have to tell you what, the thing I like the most is, anybody have multiple computers? I do, right? I love it that I can like shut down my Surface book, but I want to go like, you know, hang out on the couch, but I don't want to really have this big computer on it so I can take my little Surface Go, boot it up, and I can st start working on that same document I was working on in the office, right? And that I don't miss a beat. I think that's just amazing because you can do it from anywhere. Yeah, what I said in my session yesterday is I do think that with files on demand and that kind of concept, it's actually changed the way that I work. Like legitimately changed the way that I work. And not, there's not many things I can say that I have done that. Right. Uh, that the way that legitimately where I work, how I work has changed because of the tech. And that's not, like, from, usually that's a device type thing, like working on my phone or working um, on a different type of device, that's one thing. But interacting with files because of the tech, that's changed for me yep. completely. I actually have to be aware now of traveling on a plane because I've been, um, I got, so this is a good one, I got stuck. Uh, I forgot to take, so files on demand, great. I, I, uh, files are only accessible when I need them. So I got on a plane and uh, for, totally forgot to download my files, great. And I was flying out to, I think, Seattle. And so it's a long flight from Milwaukee and realized I have nothing to do. I had a bunch of coffee and I was all kind of jittery and I needed to like, <laughs> use my energy and I still open my laptop up because I always do. Uh, and uh, realized I can't X my files. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's actually like, that's the modern experience. That's what I'm doing. Uh, so I ended up finding out, if you guys don't know, uh, Windows 10 has a 3D model maker. You can actually make 3D models on your computer and with paint, paint 3D. Paint 3D. And uh, they have some preset template ones, so I created a 3D dog and put a face on it, <laughs> and then also realized that if you that PowerPoint has 3D animations because I saw a demo and I was like, oh, you can put 3D animations into PowerPoint. And I was like, cool. So I did that. Uh, so now I have animations in my PowerPoint of a dog like doing flips uh, offline because I did not sync my files offline. So next thing we know, you're going to be <laughs> developing the new icons. <laughs> Modern workplace, everybody. Drew makes three once dogs you, on a plane. Once you see the dog face, you'll see that it's a very good design. But I mean, the moral <laughs> of the story is like, that's legitimate. It did change the way that it worked, but it also, it's, you have to be aware and educate users on what happens. And that I, I knew it, but I didn't do it. But a lot of the things that we're seeing, it's not, it's accepting the change and 
building adoption and awareness campaigns to let people know about how these things are going to affect you. Right. Another huge example I've seen is Files Restore. Yeah. No one's touching it. No one, people don't know about it. But if they, if you build a campaign, like just send someone an email letting them know that if you have a problem with OneDrive, you can restore it. And that's coming to SharePoint and your team's area. Like you're gonna be able to restore everything. So yeah. awareness, the tech is there, but building awareness around it is just a huge initiative that people are that people are missing. Awareness and end user change management and adoption. Right. Yeah. That that's so key. If you're not focusing on end user change management and adoption in your organization, that's something you need to start embracing in so, this changing world. So thought, just because you know I always go there. How are you guys dealing with governance over over it? Governance of what? What's governance? <laughs> what that? Who this? I've never built a governance document in my life. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I'm dealing with governance. The big thing for me with governance is I'm dealing with it at a higher level. I, I've built a lot of SharePoint governance documents and I no longer recommend that. So I will talk to people and they'll say, I need to figure out my governance plan and my governance strategy. And I'll say, well, we need to talk to multiple teams. We need to talk to the identity team. We need to talk to the exchange team and whatever the teams that come together because you can't make decisions in a in a hole anymore. You can't make decisions uh, in a silo. And for me, the governance area, it brings you up to cloud and content governance. So I try to build committees, try to build teams, try to bring different people together. And, and then I can ask the right questions to drive the decisions, but it needs more people. So right. that's the, been the huge shift for me is getting more people in the room than just the SharePoint team. Yeah, so one of the things that, especially mainly in Office 365 is, you can't govern all the little pieces anymore because the little pieces change all the time. Every single week, something changes on Tuesdays. You may get it on Wednesday, Thursday, but it's constantly changing. So what I've done more on the Office 365 side is govern at a much higher level. Here's our guidelines of where we want to play and things that we're essentially not going to allow. Either functionality, we're not going to use Teams or we are going to use Teams, you know, that type of thing instead of governing down to the, the bits and pieces that we could do on on-prem. Yeah, because I'm, I've talked with you plenty of times, right? The governance that we've done on-premises, I mean, it's like to the content type, to the column, yeah. to the metadata level, right. and that uh, made per sense. site, to the, to the owner per site, and uh, to the security permission levels you're gonna have on every site, and right. how you're gonna create the sites, and you could do that, right. because you were in a static platform for an extended period of time, and now, a lot of the governance that I'm doing is around that security, but you have to adapt to modern, we had to adapt to modern security. Right. So I just worked with a client recently, and it was a very large client, but it was about how they, how we were going to move to the cloud and translate and accept the new security model for, for Office 365 groups. Mm -hmm. And it was a financial services company, but we still had to, so we had to go through risk and compliance and security, but we, uh, we ran through the gamut of, we are going to accept this as a model that owners are going to own content. So in the past, their governance model was uh, owner, there was no one that had managed permission level no, because they wanted to manage it through security, through uh, service tickets. Right. Fine, right? I, I couldn't disagree with that because of the, the regulations that they had. Right. But when you get into modern governance and cloud governance, that won't work. So I'm seeing more in building governance documents and building these governance plans is taking what the, what the cloud provides us as a service, which we which we have to do, and then working with the different teams to understand this is what you're going to be living in, accept it, and how to, and, and what changes do we need to make internally? Let's say from a compliance standpoint, 
or an e-discovery or a, uh, a regulatory standpoint to make the new governance work in your environment. Right. So a lot of times what I will do now, especially in Office 365 on-prem, I kind of stay with the governance piece because that's it's fine. It, 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 fine. It works. It, it's the way you need to do it. In Office 365, I don't tend to call it governance anymore, and I don't build documents. What I do is call, I have an actual site, and I call it Center of Excellence. And you put your guidelines at a higher level out there, then you can link to it on your other sites. You know in your head that it's really ultimately governance in the back end, but you're not calling it governance anymore because it's not down to the nitty-gritty that you used to do, but yet you're still letting them know what the playground is and what happens in that playground and what doesn't happen. And I, I, and awesome. I do love the idea, Drew, that you brought up of governance isn't like it used to be. Really good. It, it, it's really now good. including, like we were talking about before, the rest of Microsoft 365. It's including your exchange. It's including your identity. It's including your desktop piece. It's, if you're not so having a piece. summit of your teams or yeah. haven't started restructuring where your teams work together, yeah. make that happen. If you are not a VP of IT or a CIO, make sure that message gets up to the higher yeah, level. That to be successful in this modern right? world, we need to talk together. Um, I, it drives me nuts when, oh, I, I'm not part of the identity team. I, I go go talk to my AD guys. Well, I'm not part of the SharePoint team. Go talk to my uh, portals team. You gotta work together. Um, yes, everybody needs to be responsible for something. We gotta have accountability, but um, operate like a small business in a way where you do have your hands in all the pots. That's where that's where you get successful. Putting your hands in a bunch of pots? Yeah. <laughs> Just stir them up. That's what I do every day. I put my hands in a bunch of pots. Oh, success. <laughs> had to call me out on that, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I only said, uh, there's a restaurant around here called Hot Pot, where you, they actually put uh, a broth, and it's a big boiling bowl of broth, and you can actually get small pieces of meat and put it in the broth, uh, and that's how you cook it at the table. So just thinking about that, that's what I was talking about going there last night, and uh, reminded me of putting your hands in a bunch of pots and thinking, I wouldn't want to put my hand in a boiling pot of broth, but I would if it was like an exchange conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, exchange just makes you want to boil your hands alive, right, Drew? I'm learning that, yes. I'm getting, I'm getting familiar. <laughs> Drew, Drew is starting to join the exchange world. And he's, join it back, I would say. He's loving it. I, I came from, I've been doing oh, the IT pro that. side of the world for a long time, so I managed exchange 2010 for an extended period of time, but... Welcome to Exchange Online, Drew. Yeah, welcome back. We're welcome. happy to have you. Hey, yes. So I can Thank take you, you back mail further. Rules. I was a domino admin to an exchange admin to SharePoint. What's domino? Right. <laughs> Actually, anybody I, old enough to remember domino? I had a. I'm no, doing I, a migration right now. I'm. <laughs> Me too. It's what you say. It, it's interesting. Like I actually think it's really when you go to these events. And I always, in the sessions, I always ask kind of where, what, where levels are at, or where people are at, and timing, and, and things are moving. And uh, there is, we, we're talking about the cloud and everything new. There is like 1% of people that are like fully new, if not 0.1%. Right. I'm doing a migrate, I'm doing an integration right now between IBM P8, which is 12 years old, which is 20 years old. The documentation I could find is 12 years old. Like it's, that's happening. Because, so yes, we're, the, things are going to be changing and we're seeing all the new things, but the real story and the reason people come here is to get the stories and the information of not about, yes, about the new, but about how you kind of get ready for it because no one's really there yet. Yeah. yeah. Like no one, even I'm not, I mean, we, you're with, your, with our companies, like we're trying to be there, but 
There's a lot. I, I'm still, I know, well, I'm still running on-premises information, on-premises stuff at my company. Like, it's, it's there. It's important to realize that, you know, that this ideal world, even the case studies you're seeing from Microsoft, that none of, all of it's a little overly polished. It, it's not happening as much. It, we're all in a situation of we're dealing with the old and the new together. Almost, and yeah. that's why we're here, to figure out how to make that happen, how to make that work. In my one, in my one drive session yesterday, it, it, I talked about how many people are on Sharp Online, or how on-premises. I mean, there is a ton that were still on 2013. Yeah. It's, and that's fine, right? There's nothing wrong with being on 2013, because they're, we're here to learn about kind of how you're going to 2016 or 2019. Um, hey, guys. I, multiple uh, I, I hate that. to, like, have this conversation, but I have a session in two minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking it's 9.20, and I start seeing all these people go to these rooms, and I'm like, wait a minute, maybe it's not 9.20. <laughs> well... For those who are in the, the audience still, follow Stacy to her session. <laughs> We're going to talk about navigation. But and governance. No. <laughs> Always governance. Yeah. Right? All, right. all right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks, Drew. And uh, we'll see you next time. Nice.